Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. David, great to have you on the Elevate podcast again. Welcome along to this episode of Chief Chat. Yeah, g'day, Ryan. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to some insights. It's been, uh, we say, a challenging start to the year. We've had some pretty crazy weather events. We've had uh, changes in our economic environment. It's been quite a lot going on. What's been your sense? What have you heard back from the members kind of around that environment? Well, you've mentioned the two the two big ones, I guess, the, the flood events. Uh, I've been talking to... A number of our members and our, our branch presidents around the country, um, which is the great way to get insights into what's going on, because you see a lot of stuff on the media, and they of course dramatise things. And there are some things that are pretty dramatic. You know, we've seen uh, the Esk Valley in, in Hawke's Bay and so on. But actually, getting that information from our presidents, I think we get a much better sense of the scale uh, and of the issues that are going on. So I had a chance to get up to Hawke's Bay. A couple of weeks ago, I'm getting up to uh, Gisborne uh, in a couple of weeks' time and then talk to other presidents around the country. And I think in that sense, our residential construction point of view, there'll be some challenges, but it's not overwhelming. I think uh, the industry is capable of handling those residential uh, issues. And because we've got that branch structure, I think that helps us. And we've been able to talk to the Insurance Council and to MB, and uh, they've stepped up their game. That's encouraging. I think some of those others will just be regional challenges. And again, back to the Hawke's Bay, I think it's really the economic impact with the loss of a lot of productive land that's going to be a difficult conversation. And then the red zoning issues will be really community by community. Uh, The idea is that local communities drive some of those decisions. But my experience um, in Canterbury is that that's not going to be an easy conversation. But that'll be resolved over time. I think the economic environment is the tougher one. And we've been talking about that for quite a while now, for probably a good year, haven't we? Uh, But it is hitting. And we are seeing some more insolvencies. And so, you know, we're focusing a lot on that, uh, reaching out, talking to members uh, about what they can do, uh, whether that's um, getting some support around their, their legal position, their financial position, their own. Uh, mental well-being in terms of have they got enough support. So those conversations are going on and it is tough on people and and being able to recognise first, okay, that's the situation. What can I control? Uh, what are the things I can't? Um, so we just need to continue those conversations. I will say at a branch level, the local execs, I think, are very focused on this and they're, they're keen to help in any way they can. Uh, David, I'd add into that, uh, recently ran a very, very popular webinar around financial best practices. Uh, working in this environment, we had Luke Keemley's yep. from Next Advisory. He really had a cord. He delivered some really mm. practical, sensible tips to the yep. to the attendees. That webinar is available in the Elevate uh, environment, yep. so anyone can access that, and our members can access that. They can log in, and we'll also put a link to that in the uh, show notes for this podcast. As you know, being proactive, we talk about this all the time with members. Think about what's happening for you in your financial environment runway of revenue you've got ahead of you, how many builds, how long is it going to last, what do you need to be thinking about. So I would really encourage members to uh, be proactive in this uh, economy and uh, use that as a resource would be a great way. Hey, look, thanks. Thanks for that opening, David. I I think there's many things you've talked about there which 
uh, we have to be reactive to weather events. You can't, you know, very hard to predict. You have to just react. Sounds like the branches are doing a good job of supporting members locally. At a master builders level, uh, I know you continue to advocate for required change in government and policy. And, and the one that we always hear about and we're always keen for an update on is what's happening with consents. You know, it yep. comes up time and time again. Our members are like, if we could just speed and simplify that process, it would be marvellous. Can mm. you give us a bit of an update on what's happening with consents around the Resource Management Act? We put in a submission last year to MB. Uh, they had a discussion paper. So we had quite a, an extensive submission and talked about a range of areas that we thought uh, were practical and could be done with a bit of political will. Uh, that was picked up by a number of our members around the country who um, mirrored that at submission, which was very helpful. Uh, and also a couple of the other industry associations have picked up on our ideas. So those are ideas around consolidation of the consent authorities, around changing the way that you do consent. So you recognise people who have a good track record, have good documentation, so they have a quicker path through. So it incentivises businesses. At the moment, it seems that it's just a lottery uh, who you get, uh, which council you go through. Uh, and one council you know, might improve for a while and then it falls back if they lose key people. Well, that's that's really not a good system and it's not a national system. So encouragingly, MB seemed to have picked up on a number of those suggestions and I recently had a further catch up with them where they wanted to delve into them a bit more. We won't get everything. I think um, for political reasons, the consolidation of consent authorities in the short term is probably going to be a bit difficult. And that's, you know, it's the three waters debate. Uh, I think it's very, very different, but people put things together in the wrong way. But I think even there we'll probably get some movement, I would hope. Uh, so it could be, you know, for instance, for commercial consenting that they are consolidated, which could take the, the weight off um, the residential stuff. There is certainly um, an openness to change the consenting process to recognise those who have a good track record as opposed to those who don't. So that will give greater certainty and an incentive to put more effort in. Uh, use of technology is another one that we propose. So I, I'm quite encouraged, and I think um, that probably reflects that politically there's a, a desire at a political level to uh, change the system and improve it. And MB actually have some regulatory power, don't they, to kind of push change yeah. through and get uh, yeah. consenting authorities to comply. Do you get a sense from them about their willingness to... Maybe yep. exert some of that influence? Yeah, well, I, I do, actually, um, encouragingly. Uh, and we were critical of their their sort of passive approach. Uh, we saw a bit with the, the plasterboard where they stepped up. And we've seen it, actually, in the floods where they put out some quite good documentation quite quickly about um, repairs to flood-damaged homes. And now I'm not sure that it's got out as widely as it should, but they've actually done that work quite quickly. They've done it with brands and have now engaged with the insurers to make sure that the insurers are using that information as well. They've got some work that's likely to come up around how to deal with silt, for instance, which in a number of places is um, one of the biggest problems that, um, that people are dealing with. So, yeah, I, I think they're changing. Uh, it looks as though they're... They're trying to ensure that we have um, some better technical folk on their staff rather than just policy staff, so a better balance. So again, you know, by continuing to put forward what we think are, are practical solutions, I think um, we are having an impact, and so I'm quite encouraged. And David, what are you hearing from members in terms of when they uh, talk to you about the RMA? You you mentioned earlier that some of them had looked at the submission master builders had made and had aligned, you know, it was, that's great. 
for our listeners, can you give some highlights on some of the key points that our members are um, focused on and looking for as an organization for us to advocate around? So what I was talking about previously was the building consents. Um, RMA, um, it's related but different. We are concerned that the RMA changes, while well-intentioned, uh, are just confusing. There's simply not enough detail to understand how this will improve the system. And the risk is that it'll actually make it more convoluted and slower. So our submission is, is saying it's hard to comment on some of it because there's not enough detail to understand how will it work at a regional level. Who's making the decisions? Uh, there's still the ability, for instance, for you know ministers or, or the minister for the environment to get involved and make decisions. And when there's changes of governments, you just don't know which way that's going to go. So I'm not sure what the answer is. This is not necessarily our particular area of expertise, but we've talked to a number of others who are very expert in this, and they're, they're similarly just concerned it won't make it better. So I think all we can do at the moment is say, look, we're not convinced this is right. Um, don't just push ahead to do something that may, may make it worse. Um, but there have to be changes in the RMA because there's too many delays. There's too many un unexpected consequences. And what we have seen with some of the flood events is developments going ahead that probably shouldn't have historically, but we don't want to swing it to the point where it's so risk averse that nothing happens. So that's the balance that we've got to push for. Okay, thanks for that update. Uh, when we think ahead, we've got an election year in New Zealand this year. They're always uh, interesting times, aren't they? Uh, yeah. I, I get a sense that uh, lots of people use an election year as an excuse to not progress things. I know you've been doing some work with your team, your executive team, around really some key areas of focus that you'd like government yeah. to, those that are currently in power, those that might have aspirations to be in, uh, yeah. in power, and maybe those that are going to be in coalition, et cetera. Could you give us some highlights? I understand six policies you've worked, worked on we'd like to uh, yeah. get some focus. Can you share those with us? Yeah, I, I will probably won't go through all of them. Or if I do, um, you can pro prompt me if I've missed one that you think is relevant. We talked about building consenting, so that's one, and it, and it is important. Um, another one's around the, the um, boom-bust nature of the industry, and we're going through that bust. And um, ensuring that all the parties understand this isn't just an annoyance, this is really damaging to the New Zealand economy and using some of the work we've done previously uh, post the, the GFC, 25% of people in the construction industry lost their job, it took seven years to recover to the same level of unemployment. What it means is that for some people it's just not an attractive industry and that's, that's unhelpful uh, because we need all the talent we can get. It also means some people who are in the industry lose their jobs, they just go. Just when they're starting to be useful, they've gone. Um, so really setting that out in black and white terms and quantifying. And I was just actually looking yesterday and today at some previous studies. There's plenty of work there, but it's about, okay, what would you do about it? I do get a sense um, when we've reached out to both the current government and um, other parties, they get it. They're starting to get it now, and they agree, yeah, we do have to actually do something about it. The excuse in the past is, well, we can't do anything about it. I don't accept that, and I don't think we as a country should accept it, because it goes to the heart of, if we just take housing, it impacts on the cost and availability of housing. And then people will say, well, why aren't we building enough houses, or in the right place, or at the right cost? Well, boom bust is a fundamental part of it. So we, we've talked about um, some things that can be done, like counter-cyclical measures, in other words, government 
putting more work in during the bust rather than the boom. Uh, in the past, we had it the other way around. So the, the government was doing a whole lot of work when we had a boom and, and pushing prices up. Yeah. So that takes a commitment and it means we need longer term planning from governments that don't flip-flop from one government to another. Um, I think the apprenticeship uh, boost scheme is a good example. While there's a bust, we need um, the government, whoever is in government, to commit to supporting apprentices so we don't stop training because that's what happened last time. We just stopped training uh, and then we don't have enough people. Uh, we have a whole lot of work and we have people who are underqualified and they make mistakes. So that's a, that's a key point. But again, we've got to come up with solutions, not just moan about it. Climate change, and I think uh, accentuated by the floods, let's not argue about uh, the if and, and the whys. Let's accept it's real. What do we do about it? Now, our area, I think, of focus is really on how do you adapt and how do you respond rather than um, arguing about um, pricing carbon and so on. There's lots of big brains that are doing this and just goes round and round in circles. So at a practical level, for instance, recycling of materials and through the Auckland exec and Nigel, shout out for Nigel Benton in particular, who's who's been doing some work together with the rest of the exec. And we're doing some work um, proposed with Auckland University to look at some schemes. So, so that's some practical stuff that we can do. Uh, and then from the government side, what we need is you need an outlet for this stuff. Um, you can't recycle if there's nowhere for it to go. And we do need um, both local and central government to step up and not just talk about it. So there's some things we can do, but there are things that we need them to do. Procurement's a big one for the commercial construction sector. And again, we're seeing some, I think, some positive signs there. We've been banging on around this for quite a long time, but we are seeing some progress and we're definitely seeing some commitment at the chief executive level within government agencies who in the past I don't think really understood what the issue was. We've still got more work to do there, there though, because I think at times that they're not quite clear about what the problem is. Um, for my mind, procurement is about being fair, being transparent, but it's also having people that know how to do this stuff. So we don't have enough people in central or local government who are good at procurement. So we'll keep pushing on that, but with, with some really good knowledge from our members through the commercial working group, and the vertical leaders group who who are involved in this all the time. Interestingly, Ryan, um, you may have seen, and our, our members might have seen, the odd mention about uh, Ministry of Works um, and perhaps what, what would be the modern version of the Ministry of Works. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to that. I wouldn't go back to the old Ministry of Works, but a Ministry of Works uh, in the sense that it's um, very good at construction, procurement, and has expertise and, and gives people um, experience. And on the contractor side, a similar sort of thing. So maybe um, that will evolve over time uh, because our point to government is you can do all the best policy work in the world, but if your procurement's hopeless, you waste it. Right. And we see it again and again and again. It's, it is solvable, but again, it's a, it's a political commitment. I uh, recently had the pleasure of doing the Lake Dunstan cycle trail uh, between Clutha oh, yeah. uh, and Clyde and Clutha there and uh, learned a bit about what went on in terms of constructing the uh, the dam there. Yeah, an amazing feat of engineering firstly and, and construction. Uh, but also there were some pretty scary stories about uh, how it had all gone about from a procurement perspective and uh, all those kind of things. So hopefully there was some learning from those times that will be brought forward. Yeah, let, let alone health and safety at the time I suspect too. 
<laughs> Absolutely. You probably, probably didn't even know what those words were in, uh, in that day, but still a pretty impressive uh, piece of mm. engineering construction. That's, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. You talked about apprentices. There's, I guess, a couple of sides to that equation. There's the support from a government side and from the uh, learning institutes, et cetera, to make sure that that's, that's available. What would you be saying to the members about taking on apprentices now when they might be looking at their forward pipeline of work yeah. and going, oh, do I really want another mouth to feed right now? Or how would you have them think about that? They've got to think about it in terms of their own business. And that will be an individual decision. In general, uh, we strongly support and encourage our members to take on an apprentice if it works for their business. But the reality is right now that they do have to think about that. Uh, and I know some are saying, but is it the right thing to do now if I don't think I've got to have the work for them? So that's just difficult. And that goes back to the counter-cyclical, right? So, you know, the apprentice um, boost scheme's important, but it's got to be married up with, um, is there enough work? So, yeah, um, I'm not going to preach at anyone on that one sure. right now. Sure. And I think we uh, heard maybe all too often during the pandemic about never waste the crisis. Um, we yeah. have been through boom bust mm. before. We have seen uh, often business owners, construction business owners, they feel like they never get to the working on their business when mm. they're so busy. They've got yeah. so much going on. They're just trying to get the next house delivered and built and, and uh, up to scratch. You know, this is an opportunity for innovation spend some time thinking about how could we do things better, how could we have less waste, um, how could we you know, do better by the by the environment. But I, w- I was talking to one of the Master Builders members uh, a few weeks ago, and he'd got very heavily into 3D printing of concrete for, for construction. Mm-hmm. And just the uh, minimization and efficiency, and they used mm-hmm. a uh, just a high-ab on-site lowering these pre-printed concrete panels in place. I, I, I was amazed. Um, but you know, this is a if time you might have slightly less on the go in terms of work, but this mm. is a good time to go. Hey, now's the time for me to work on my business. How do I think about how we can do things better? How can we do them differently? You know, take that kind of focus as well. Oh, absolutely. And and if I go back to what I was saying earlier, looking at a couple of reports over the last couple of days. So there's one by PwC. There's another one by um, I think it's the Construction Clients Group. And in both of them, they talked about productivity, which is what you're referring to. In a bust, productivity actually goes up. In a boom, it goes down. And I guess the logic of that is when you've got a lot of work on, um, you just get on and you do things. But you know, there's not as there's a lot of pressure to get it done, uh, but there's a lot of work. In a in a bust, people have to be more efficient, and that is where um, historically has shown people do improve their business if they think about it. So that's the challenge, uh, but it's also an opportunity uh, because those who do that come out the other side stronger and they're in a position to grow faster than others who haven't done that work. And I think the Elevate information we've got, we've talked about before, is really useful in that respect. One of our members uh, had given a presentation and he was talking about the struggle, I guess, understanding the transition from I'm a builder to actually I'm a running a business, not losing the passion for building, but recognising I have to run the business well. And that's where Elevate, I think, is as good as anything around. And the fact that it's tailored to our members, it's free. It's free for all of their staff. If they if they just um, give them give us their email, then they can get this free information that they cannot get from anywhere else to this that that is tailored for us. So I would encourage people to do that. One little anecdote on that: during the first lockdown under COVID, uh, one of our members uh, rang me just to catch up, 
and he talked about um, I've got a, a bunch of apprentices and uh, I've still got to pay them and I've got the subsidy. But what he was doing in that case is I want you to go on Elevate and each Monday morning we're going to get together and you're going to tell me what you learned. And he said it made a big difference. And now if there is downtime, uh, use that because it's there and it's free. And a lot of the learning modules in there are 15, 20 minutes long. You don't yeah. need to set aside half a day or a week to go no. and do them. You can do yeah. them consistently. I think that's a, a fantastic idea for an organisation, you know, free learning provided yeah. as part of your membership. Sometimes you might do it as a team. Um, just watch a module and then have a chat about, well, what did we learn or... Um, How could we implement this into our business? Well, what questions has it raised that we actually need to do a bit more thinking? Yeah. Spot on, David. And we'll make sure we uh, add some links to the show notes here uh, to, to elevate so people can access those those easily. Look, thank you, David. I think you uh, highlighted those areas. Maybe if I could just recap some of those areas that you're looking to uh, work with government on uh, in this year. So... You talked about smoothing the boom and bust cycle, the challenge of ensuring the right houses are being built in the right places, which were, of course, highlighted mm. by Cyclone Gabrielle in the you know the flooding that we we saw, uh, managing the impacts of climate change, less uh, worrying about who's responsible and more about what can we do about it right right now. Yep. Uh, the sector workforce capability, which we talked about apprentices, and also the challenge of the long-term effect of when people exit an industry, how long it takes to bring them back and bring them back up to speed. We talked about the consenting policy um, and also about revamping procurement processes, and particularly at the government level. So, you know, those are six big chunky areas that you're, uh, you and your team are advocating into government. Um, so thanks for, for the work you're doing there. Thanks for sharing the insights about what we're uh, how we're approaching those with government. So we've been talking about some of these for a while. We are seeing progress. It does take time. You've got to have um, positive ideas. Uh, and that's what I, where I think a lot of industry associations uh, let themselves down, where they're just arguing about the wrong things or they don't actually have an answer or some suggestions. And that's where I think uh, we have made progress over the years. Hey David, in closing, we've used the words boom and bust a bit in this this podcast. We're saying that we're in a bust cycle. You know, what's your sense of like how severe things are at the moment? I mean, bust, it's a quite a dramatic word. Does it mean that businesses are closing, you know, by the, by the truckload every single day, that buildings are being left unfinished? Or is it, hey, we're seeing some swings in the fundamentals. We're seeing some less sales coming through the pipeline for some of our members that will mean as things continue we might see a lightening of the demand now kind of what's your sense from members about how severe the situation is right now we have already experienced a, a lightening of the demand particularly in residential not not in commercial commercial is looking reasonably solid i think for the next couple of years but residential is, is a reasonably simple formula in a sense that um, interest rates have gone up the price of existing homes has dropped so that margin is narrowed uh Banks are more cautious about lending and also for those um, property developers, they're finding it difficult to get finance because they haven't got the pre-sales. So that's just the reality. That doesn't mean the demand's gone away. At our residential working group a few weeks ago, and one of the consistent themes was there's still plenty of first-time buyers who are interested in building, but their ability to get finance from the banks is, is constrains it and they are looking around to see what they can get for their dollar. They're also still a bit concerned about rising product prices, but that's slowing down, it's still going up, but it's slowed down quite a lot, which is really encouraging. So I think it is about looking down the track a bit and saying, look, for the next few months, I need to manage my way through this. 
Uh, but it won't go on forever. It's the ability to deal with the present, but also look ahead forward. Uh, and that's easy to say, and, and I know it's very difficult to do. Uh, but we know things come back. But in the meantime, you know, people do have to be careful about how they manage their finances and their people and their workloads. And think about what product they've been offering in market. Uh, the fundamental demand, people still need somewhere to live. That hasn't changed. There's still a shortage of, of housing uh, impact of weather events has exacerbated that demand for, for building. I feel like there's uh, definitely a shift that maybe where a potential purchaser was looking at a five bedroom, three bathroom on a you know 800 square meter section. They might be going, hey, my I just can't afford the mortgage on that property anymore. I still need a place for my family to live. Now maybe I'm looking for a three bedroom, two bathroom on yeah, 450 squares. So yeah. as, as our uh, members think, be, be conscious of what is the product that our that our market is demanding in this kind of cycle. And to be fair, I think our, our members know that. So they're, they're pretty good at working that out. It's just being open to that. One thing we do know about the industry, it, it is pretty adaptable uh, and it is pretty resilient, um, even in the toughest of times. And again, we would encourage uh, anyone that's finding it challenging. Uh, you know, there's a big weight of responsibility on any business owner. We certainly know that construction business owners can carry a uh, significant mental load. Uh, yep. Please reach out to your local local branch, call one of your uh, colleagues, another builder, go and have a coffee with them, have a catch up. You know, often yep. a, a problem shared is one half. So uh, there's many people in the same situation. Don't be afraid to uh, keep that mental wealth in a really good place. Um, and a good place to do that is by uh, at least starting with talking to someone else and chatting about how, how things are going. Absolutely. Hey, David, thanks for the uh, podcast today. Really appreciate the effort that uh, you and your team are putting in there. We love hearing words like uh, practical and coming up with ideas and trying to be proactive and getting things done. Uh, we realize that uh, moving, turning the Titanic around, maybe as an analogy, does take time. But we really appreciate the team that your work is doing on behalf of the members to uh, keep pushing those things through with, with government and the various agencies. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Okay, David. Bye-bye. Take care.